We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Podcast, and this is Mark Corby, your host, and we're going to be doing another As It Was, When It Was special. Um, absolutely delighted to be joined by a, 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 an old friend of mine. It's a bit of a Silla Black surprise, surprise moment, this, because I haven't seen uh, this chap for a good number of years, possibly 20 plus. Um, I'm delighted to be joined by David Jameson, who I first got to know through a fanzine um, back in the early 90s. Dave was the editor of a fantastic fanzine uh, called Half Magpie, Half Biscuit, and then it was tweaked a little bit to be known as Half Mag, Half Biscuit, uh, between 1992 and 1995. Dave, how are you doing, mate? It's good to, good to see you again. It's great to see you, Mark. I'm, I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Looks as if uh, we may come to the end of this... Uh, baffling three-month period uh, under lockdown. Uh, football's back, so and we're, and we're winning games for a change. So uh, things things are on the up, shall we say. Um, going back to the, the fanzine, if you don't mind me quickly mentioning, Dave, I mean, I'm, I'm very mm. fond, of, and I'm not just uh, saying this because I'm speaking to you now, mate, but I'm very fond of that period regardless because 1992 and 1995, as you know, absolutely fantastic uh, journey with, with Kevin Keegan coming back. It's personally my most enjoyable period following Newcastle. I was, um, you know, you could say coming of age as a, as a teenager and, in, 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 you know, leaving me, me comprehensive school. And I don't know whether you knew this, mate, but you actually gave me my first ever published article uh, for the fanzine. Um, the article was called, Where Were You When We Were Shit? <laughs> and it was a reaction from me to um, Manchester City supporters, ironically, singing that song at St. James's Park on New Year's Day in 1994. And I got a bit upset about right. that. But then I, then I put it into perspective. I thought, actually, where were these supporters when we were shit? So it was sort of like a, a contradictory article with me back up, saying, how dare Man City say this? But then I was questioning our own support. And you, and you published it, mate. So thanks to you, I, I got I got on a long journey of um, you know getting to writing and uh, podcasting the like, mate. So a little, little short you, you were an author. There. <laughs> we, we we made we made you into an author. It's all, it's all, and, um, it's all down it's here. Hard, it's hardly surprising, really, that uh, we published it because we we were we were desperate for anything. We published anything in those days. No, I think I think you've <laughs> been hard on yourself. Me, if I remember rightly, Dave, that the fan, the fanzine was um, uh, it, it was more mates in a pub type. It, it was it was realistic, yeah. you know. There was some fantastic writing in it. Um, one that sprung sprung to my mind. I haven't looked at it for years, but what the, it was the the write up that you did when we sold Andy Cole, and I'm getting actual goosebumps because 
you 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 concluded the whole whole piece, and obviously everyone was upset and uh, you know gutted to, to lose Andy Cole. But you concluded, and I'll never forget these words. Without wanting to write an epitaph, Andy Cole will never be forgotten. You, you concluded mm. with that, and I just thought, wow, and that stuck with me ever since, mate. And but but mm. interestingly, we we've just signed uh, Kev, uh, uh, Keith Gillespie to the. Uh, to the, the podcast, the, the first one got released mm. this morning, and you interviewed him at that time as well, didn't you? You, you end up finding him in, in his hotel, having a good uh, bit crack with him, we, didn't you? We did. God, we did. We, we um, I mean, through through a mutual fr- mutual friend who lived in the Manchester area, um, we, yeah, we, we, we got in touch um, through through that mutual friend and set it up. Um, it was, and it was about, uh, I think it was, a, if not the day after, two days after he signed. So it was, you know, around that time when you know the transfer, controversial transfer exchange had happened, and everybody, as you say, everybody was still at a height, um, and we couldn't believe our luck when we, you know, we, we got a, a we got the notification that uh, oh yeah, you can go and go to the Gosford Park Hotel tomorrow night, and, and and Keith will come down and see you, and it was like well, and and I'm convinced to this day we didn't make the most of it. it again, it was like a mate in the pub kind of kind of interview we didn't know how to in- interview people properly to get <laughs> information out of them you know to get stories out of them but it was a lot of fun as it was a lot of fun uh, for us doing the magazine from start to finish um that that in particular is a, is a, is a standout moment um sit, sitting down with keith and we we took him uh to celebrate afterwards we yeah took him down to, on, onto the boat for a few uh for, for for a few sherbets afterwards, so uh, which he which he enjoyed as well. So and and it and it was um, yeah I can't remember what it was like in terms of the publicity. Obviously, it was all over the Chronicle, um, but obviously without social media, I think the the ability for people to recognise him in the town was probably it was probably a slow starter. Um, so we we took him on the boat and nobody recognised him until. Later, you know, until you know, after about half an hour, a couple of lads sort of would tentatively, is that Keith Gillespie? You know, and um, and we, we we sort of felt like it's um, you know, we were looking after him for the night. You know, Brilliant. The night. Well, he was only, he was only nineteen at the time, and you were roughly that age as well, Dave, weren't you back then? Uh, no, yeah, well, I was no, well, I've been twenty-two right. around then. Yeah, yeah. So um, my twentieth birthday was actually that Grimsby away when oh, we clinched promotion. So that, I'll never forget that brilliant. for. Um, more reasons than the obvious, so yeah. It's, 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 it's always good to look back, and I suppose that's um, the key to these sort of podcasts, uh, going back going back in time. But before we, we go back to the, the season that um, you've you've wanted to, to discuss, um, which we've wanted to do for a long time, but it's getting the right person for it. Um, current, current affairs, Dave, um, you, you told me before we come on here that you, you, you haven't been going for a, a few years now, um, and it's no surprise that you mentioned... Mm. Um, Mike Ashley in that com- in that part of the conversation, just just tell the listeners, mate, um, what what was the final, um, you know, nail in the coffin as it was for for you to stop going? Well, I'd, I'd, it was it was strange. It was sort of during the the, the you know the, the Pardew, uh, the infamous Pardew sort of period, seemingly never ending, and um, I'd, I'd kind of. Um, I think I think like like a lot of people, everybody's got the breaking point and. You know, I, I wasn't old enough to see the, the 78 uh, disaster, but I was old enough to see the, you know, the 88 one. Um, 
and all of the subsequent relegations that we've you know we've enjoyed since and um yeah i, I and it, it just it it i think it just um it got to the point where i was coming home thinking what am i doing i've got better things to do with with my time and and cash you know and we were skirting you know flirting rele relegation um with, with and, he, and he wouldn't it just there was this reluctance to almost prove himself wrong by saying to Pardew, look, it's not working out, you better go. Um, and and he'll, he'll pat himself on the back, actually, you know, by, by waiting out and, you know, we got the compensation of Crystal Palace in the end. Not the way to do it because we suffered during that time. And I, and I just thought, you know what, I've, you know, I, yeah, I love, I love the club from top to bottom, but I've had enough for this. And, and it, it, it really, something snapped in me. And, um, it's going to take a lot for me to, to go back, I think. And I, even if the takeover goes through and, you know, I, the tickets should first and foremost go to the people who have, have been going all the way through. Um, I'm, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm, I'm a bit mixed about calling people who wouldn't give up their season ticket part of the problem because I understand the struggle that they will have had. Um, you know, anybody who's quit the season ticket, it's, it's a really difficult decision to make um, because you start to get upset about it when you think of it. You start to think of all the good times, you know, with your mates, with your family, with your dad or whatever, you know, your first game, you know, some, some of the memorable games, memorable players that you've seen, you know, and you start to get upset about it. You think, am, am I really letting this guy throw all this away from me? But it, it just, I was overwhelmed with um, that feeling that, yeah, this is just, um, this 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 guy sucking the place dry, and I and I, and I don't want to I don't want to contribute six hundred seven hundred quid a year um, to help him. That's understandable. You're not the only one. Uh, we've had numerous stories. I, 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 personally, my uh, first cutting point was uh, when we appointed Sam Allardyce. Uh, I packed in mm. the season ticket. I thought I just don't do not want to watch a Sam Allardyce uh, manage Newcastle side. And we won uh, the first game of the season. We'd be bolting away 3-1. Fantastic all-out attacking football. I ran the club back. Oh, and I want my seat back. You know? And so that was, that was, that was, <laughs> yeah, my, yeah. That was my first get with the card. I didn't, uh, didn't take it. But as you say, here we are, what? It's, it's 13 years later and I'm still going. But I think it's more out of um, a social aspect, Dave. It's more out of mm. um, making sure, that, you know, you know yourself as you get older, your, your friend, your, your time with your friends is, is quite unique now. It's, it's, it's it's quite rare. Um, Christ, it's took us 20, 20 odd years to catch up, you know, so that goes to show. But, That's right, yeah. but, but the, the point being, um, the actual football side of it isn't the enjoyable side. And um, no, I, th absolutely. I, think, I think you've made some very good points there. Uh, will the takeover make people rush back? I think we'll just have to wait and see. Won't we? Maybe people have got used to not going. And as, as you said before, mm. we're finding different things to do with your time. But we'll save that for another podcast, Dave. Um, the, reason, the reason we've another, got you on... Another topic. Yeah, definitely, mate. <laughs> the, the, the main reason we've got you on, mate, is because, I mean, you know, without without holding back, 1983-84, absolutely fantastic season. I was too young to um, to attend. I didn't start going properly until um, early 1988, but I've been a, a fan for a number of years. So I missed it. Yeah. I missed out on that. Um, I missed out on the, the impact of Keegan, um, the attendance boom, things like that, which which obviously I want you to educate me more on, and hence we're getting you on. Now, 
tell us how it all started, Dave, because obviously, um, you know, always ask this, all interested to know your, your first game, um, your first game, Newcastle. And obviously at the time, um, a lot of people around this era always talk about how they've either got a choice to the support the, the, the most successful team in the country, which a lot of people do these days with uh, with Man City and so on, to the support um, Newcastle United, or to the support Sunderland. So, so what choices did you have back then? <laughs> well, I, I had a, a strange, strange one. I, I, I'm, my memory is um, not what it was, but um, certainly back then. But I'm pretty sure my first game was actually probably a Darlington game, um, because that's <clears throat> uh, that, that's where I was born. That's where my sort of family came from, and uh, we moved up to Whitley Bay when I was six. So it would have been about '79, kind of the kind of period. Um, and I, I think moving up to Whitley Bay. I think it was we were that bit closer to kind of the bigger northeast sides. My dad was kind of like, "How we'll go," and um, he took us to Roker Park. Um, <laughs> and the reason for it was simple: uh, they were in Division One, Newcastle weren't. And he figured, "Well, let's go and you know see not necessarily Sunderland, but see some other great players that are kicking around the first division." Um, so he, he took us to a handful of games, um, and long story short i didn't enjoy it because i think i was a bit too young i was probably um it was probably the 1980 season i was about seven uh, i didn't enjoy the, the the journey through the tunnel um and the, the football was poor <laughs> um i mean i was no aficionado but uh, the football was poor they were getting beat every time it seemed and i, and I, I just thought i said to me dad look i don't i don't like this and he and he said well I'll, you know i'll, I'll take you and, and i think he thought he, I was a bit young as well, so he took us up to Newcastle the year after, and um, the first game was um, in the 81-82 season, actually, at home to Oldham Athletic, which um, was just a, the complete polar opposite experience for me, and I don't know why, Yeah. and I've tried to analyse why, because at the end of the day, the, the, the quality of football will have arguably, arguably have been poorer. Um, I mean, the game but someone would have been uh, top flight then, wouldn't they? And we was we were second division. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I was I was seeing them play Spurs with you know with Mick, uh, Mickey Hazard, Steve Archibald, you know Ray Clements, Hoddle, um, and West Ham. You know Frank Lampard's dad. Yeah. And <laughs> Billy Bonds, you know, and people like that, and Trevor Brooking, and 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 saw them play Southampton, which is which was the key game really because Keegan was playing for Southampton, and I was just transfixed when he came over to the touchline with the ball and uh, you know where I was I was just transfixed I was like my god there's Ke Kevin Keegan and he was my football hero um before any of this um I think he, he was just the obvious football hero for any kid in the 70s uh or English kid and um yeah so I, I did get something out of it um you know, seeing some some great players in the Southampton side. Southampton seemed to have half the half the England side at the time. Right. Yes. Um, I, I don't think Sheldon had signed, but they had like Dave Watson and Mick Shannon and Keegan, and um, so you know, I saw some great players. Um, Sunderland didn't fare very well out of it, and I think they survived that season and went down the year after, didn't they? But um, uh, yeah, you know, I suppose it. Uh, in, in one sense, it kind of made me see, you know, both sides a little bit. Um, 
And, you know, for these diehard Finland fans, we all know them, went to school with them, work with them. They're all good lads, you know, mostly. <laughs> and uh, there's nothing, you know, there was nothing wrong with, you know, with, with going to the match, you know, down at Sunderland. It just, as a seven-year-old, it wasn't for me. And I'm, and, and, and I'm sort of, I'm quite pleased to, I'm quite pleased that that was the case because we wouldn't be having this chat on the phone. That, right now, that, it, it that, that's that's certainly <laughs> true, mate. And so you you mentioned the Ullum yeah. game, uh, you won two now. Um, yeah, yeah. Memorable. I remember a few years ago. I think you did a, a bit of a a bit of a, a Twitter sort of um, search for that goal, and I, I had it, but I hadn't put it on YouTube. And I remember sending you the, the little clip. Um, if the goal was it Brownlee, um, an individual goal for a fullback, and he just. Back of the night? He, he, he levered it. Yeah. Um, well, David Mills got the first one. Yeah. Um, he took it around the keeper, and I remember it. I, I, I remember it more clearly than some of this 83 84 season. Yeah. But because uh, there was a number of things, but he, he, the way he was on the edge of the box, and he, he, you know, bear in mind it was March, pitches what, what, what weren't what they are now. So, the, you know, the pitch was bare down the middle. And I remember him skipping past the goalkeeper and just slotting it in. I thought, Hey, that's great, that. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And then Brownlee, I think he, he seemed to rattle one in from 25 yards um, to, to to seal the the point. But um, and I, I was I was hooked. But the the, the most, I mean, Dad will remember this. So the most trivial reason I was hooked wasn't anything to do with going to the match. You know, the the sight of the the, the lush green pitch wasn't wasn't particularly lush green in, in <laughs> back in, in 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 March of that year. But mm -hmm. um, it was, um, believe it or not, it was the scoreboard because as a wide-eyed sort of eight, nine-year, well, eight-year-old as I would have been at the time, I, um, the goals went in and these three dancing men appeared on the scoreboard and I was just, I was absolutely mesmerized. And, and that, um, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say was, was, was what hooked me. I thought, hey, this is all brilliant. It, we, you know, Newcastle are a great side. They've won 2-0. They're a great side, you know. It's near at home, you know, I, do, I don't mind the travel into town. And, this, you know, they've got that scoreboard. So it was like, Dad, can we go back? And I think we went to, we went to a handful more games that season. Um, but I think, uh, you know, and again, unashamedly, we um, picked up season tickets the, the following season. You've had an introduction. It's always good to go to your first game and win. My first game, we won 5 0 we beat Swindon in the Cup. Paul Gascoigne was right. unbelievable then. So what an introduction! It's, yeah. it's been downhill ever since, Dave. To be honest, but but yeah, we, yeah. we, we beat we beat Oldham two 0 second division football. Um, you mentioned Kevin Keegan, and obviously, you know, can can you remember? Because obviously, it was towards the back end of pre season, um, and it shocked the football world, didn't it? Really, when when he when he when he signed, I think it was a week or so mm. before the start. So did you get your season tickets on the back of that signing? Uh, oh yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely. I mean, I, I I couldn't. There's no way I could say otherwise. I, I'd be lying if I if I did. It was. Um, I I think I think we would have gone. You know, we would have probably just gone to the odd game. Um, but yeah, that that um, without a doubt that 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 sealed it. And because I think you know, me 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 dad was very my dad's very fruity. Still, with, I shouldn't say was. He's still with us, <laughs> but he's. Back then he was very frugal, and um, yeah, it, it it would it took it needed to take something like Keegan signing for him to get his checkbook out for sure. <laughs> you know, because I, I'm a sucker for trying to uh, defend your Cassie United supporters, um, 
And mm. I, I suppose it's whatever suits the narrative, you know. But when when I when I hear people say, well, Newcastle's attendances were shocking before Kevin Keegan came as a footballer, and they were shocking before he came as a football manager, I, I, it's it's a myth, because you know. Granted, there was only 18,500 there when uh, you went to your first game, but I've just quickly browsed at the, 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 fix, the fixtures and the attendances. For whatever reason, mm. I, I, I can only speculate, because I haven't got the table in front of me, that uh, Chelsea and Leicester were going for promotion, or it was just a big draw back then, because we got nearly 27,000 against Chelsea a week after that game against Oldham, you mentioned, and we also got mm. um, nearly 26,000 against Leicester. So, you know, granted the last game of the season, in a, in a game which counted for nothing, we've got nearly less than 10,000 against Wrexham. But I, I just hate it when people say, you know, you, you had 10,000 in, in, uh, in your last home game before Keegan arrived. Because, mm. yeah, it's an isolated fixture. It's an isolated stat. You know, so it is. It is, and I, th- and I think something again in, in in the podcast you did with Mick about the 86-87 season, something that you guys touched on there, was that... Um, there was there's no way that those attendances are accurate. Yeah. From, yeah, from, yeah. The, from, the, from those days. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you it, it um, I I don't know. I, I mean, I can take looking at looking at some of the attendances from from that era. I can I can take the odd one or two thousand, even three or four thousand discrepancy because a lot of it depended on how they configured the leases end for the away fans. But um, and sometimes they left huge, you know, the huge centre section empty. Which probably cost them about, you know, maybe three, three and a half uh, thousand um, places. But um, yeah, it's all relative. And yeah, the the the, the attendances were poor in, in in you know eighty through to eighty two, but it's, they they were everywhere, uh, you know. And and, let, and and even you know even Arsenal and Man United weren't filling the grounds back then because football wasn't the product it is now. You know, football was. Um, I look back and, I, and I'm convinced that if, if Keegan hadn't come, Newcastle Newcastle would have been in serious trouble in the 80s, as, as a you know as, as a, an organisation. So, um, so what 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 about and, the, and it was an the, the social aspect? Dave, you, you mentioned there, you know, f- football wasn't mm. a product, and unfo- unfortunately, I think you may agree with this. Football has a tendency to probably eat itself as as, as time as time elapses. But back yeah. then, 1982, Newcastle signed Kevin Keegan, um, worldwide superstar. Football, I think he got twice, um, laden with with winners medals. Shot shot the footballing world, second division football. But what about the social aspect? Would I be right in thinking that, you know, your father and and other people had to go to the football to get away from a mundane existence, shall we say, without sounding too melodramatic? There, you know, was was the life away from football? You know, was it depressing? You know, the social aspect. You, you tell me, mate. Um, no, I think I, I, it's an interesting point. No, I mean, in, in our situation, our circumstances, I would, I would say no. I mean, I, you know, I, I feel when I've been looking back at all of this stuff, I feel incredibly um, proud to have, you know, uh, you know, uh, not not something that I've had a huge amount of control over, but proud to have been able to go to those matches at that time because what what, what an amazing era. But also incredibly lucky, um, you know, because not 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 everybody, um, you know, would have the, the, the wherewithal, or you know, have have a, a dad who could just buy a pair of season tickets, you know. And um, so I feel incredibly lucky that we were able to, to to go around that time. But no, I mean, not we had a good life. Um, you know, me, me dad had a good job. I wouldn't have said it was to escape that. I think it was it was more 
just the thing that that's what lads and dads did. And it was, um, you know, I think my dad was always hoping that I would be interested in football. I was always kicking a ball around with him in the garden. And, um, and I think he, you know, he probably thought, well, you know, he likes going to the match. That's, that's good. And I, I think, let's face it, my dad was probably as, as keen as I was back then because Kevin Keegan had signed. And I, and I think a lot of people were the same. And, and um, you know, the, the, the attendance is, I think, you go back and it's sort of, I don't know, nine or 10,000 against Wrexham or QPR or whatever. And then, but there was like, the attendance was like that everywhere because I think in, in, in the world, in the country, things weren't going um, exactly to plan around that time. You know, we, we, we all get home, you know, sit, sit on a, on a Sunday tea time and watch, and watch Bullseye and, um, you know, enjoy, enjoy the, enjoy the, the, the great football and, um, and, and things, but um, you know, in society, things weren't um, weren't going right. You know, the, the Thatcher was Thatcher had just been reelected. You know, uh, and the the racism was a huge problem um, in, in in the country. But you know, it it found its way in in, in the football. The mi the minor strike led to um, particularly for uh, you, you know for for fans of, of of clubs in mining strongholds of so the northeast you know the, the Nor um, nottinghamshire and derbyshire and wales and um and it all it all fed into um you know the big disease that is called a football disease but it, for me it's a, it was always a social disease of, of, of crowd trouble and, and hooliganism because people um you know you, you'd, you'd, you'd have people who would just be happy to go down for for a battle and i've never understood that um and and probably because I've, I've never been a hard man i've never never wanted to get into fights really because I, I i'll have a fair idea how how it would turn out so i've never really wanted to get involved in that kind of thing yeah and um it's, it's sickening and, and it led to the fences and ultimately years later contributed to hillsborough so it, it there were a lot of problems um you're right to point that out around that time but it, it kind of led to a lot of the um the difficulties, but in terms of us going, it was very much a lads and dads thing. Um, and and, and um, yeah. yeah. Well, well, before we get into the main season, we kind of overlooked his debut. Um, you know, as, as we mentioned there, 35, nearly 36,000. Where was your season ticket, Dave? Um, and what are your memories, if you've got any? Because it was such oh. a long time ago um, God, yeah. of the day. Boiling hot, boiling hot day. Um, I remember we, we drove up in the car, I can't remember where we parked, but it would have been either uh, in one of those car parks behind the Gallagher, right. or, or or even over in Manners, cause, because yeah, the yeah. business park in Manners hadn't been built then, and the, the, the old Manners station was still yes. there. So I think there was a lot of, um, there was a bit of waste ground around there, and, and a couple of car parks, and we might have walked over the footbridge. But we, um, we were in the West Stand, I remember uh, Bobby Robson was there, I think, wasn't he? And I remember people were kind of um, booing him because I think he'd just knocked Keegan out of his squad, didn't he, at That's that right. time? That's right, yeah. But, um, yeah, I just remember it being, you know, we, we were in, inside this big metal container, the, the old West Stand, um, boiling hot it was. And uh, it was just, it was, a, it was a whirlwind of a day, um, as, as everybody knows. And, the, you know, there's, there's, there's that footage out there. Um, of, of, of his of his debut goal, which and the Gallagher just absolutely erupted. It was like it was like an explosion of people 
Um, and it's just, just um, absolutely fantastic just to, to, to look back on. But, um, but I remember the guy running on the pitch, uh, <laughs> yes. Trigger, with the um, with the lum luminous socks. Yes. No, it's, it's strange what sticks <laughs> in the mind. <laughs> well, well, it's funny because, um, again, just swatting up a little bit on this, you know, obviously, you know, I've got my me, uh, me YouTube channel with the footage, and I thought, oh, I'm going to watch Keegan's debut again. And, and the things I remember, obviously, I've, I've got the footage, that's all I can go by. We're discussing a period of time where footage wasn't readily available, so you're going from memory a lot of what we're going to be discussing. But one thing I did yeah. um, remember from that footage was um, you mentioned Bobby Robson. Again, we're talking about myths and football. There's a saying that Newcastle supporters spat at Bobby Robson and the, the roundly booed him. You might have got booed. One person may have spat at him, but the, the TV camera um, shows the supporters applauding him. You know, in Roger yeah. Thames, um, commentator, chief of the 80s and 90s. He, he says, you know, Bobby Robson's here and he's getting roundly applauded from Newcastle supporters, you know, a little bit of respect there. Mm. So I, I think that the, the point I'm trying to make is, is you know, and, and you'll agree, I'm sure, is, is don't believe everything you, you read because um, there's always two sides two sides to the story. But but br brilliant, brilliant memories, Dave. Absolutely. I mean, we, um, we, we kicked on, you know, we kicked on quite slowly that season, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, one thing, one thing mm. I did did look at is um, obviously Chris Waddle um, was was a raw talent back then, and he he was quickly dropped not long after Keegan had come in. And I don't know whether you're aware of this, but um, apparently uh, Chris Waddle went, went 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 with his mates to Oldham away in a, in the back of a transit, and um, mm. was pissed out of his head. <laughs> and uh, rumor has it that Kevin Carr um, was back in the nets. And um, he went to get the ball from the crowd and he spotted Chris Waddle. And he went, what the hell are you doing? And then Chris Waddle was standing on the terraces, pissed out of his head with his mates singing Newcastle songs. And I just think that it just goes to show how different football was then. You know? Well, it, it, it's exactly, exactly it. I mean, it wasn't as, it wasn't as popular as it was, it, you know, as it was then. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's the right thing now. The families go, women and children go. Uh, more than they did, but certainly back then it wasn't the place for women and children, particularly away, particularly away games. Um, and that that was and that that contributed to to poor attendances as well, by the way. But um, yeah, um, but it was it was. Um, I mean, eighty two, eighty three was. Um, it was full of expectation and and just unfortunately just didn't quite get there. Um, and I think because Keegan suffered suffered that injury. Um, yeah, he did. Was it a and, uh, my, or something, and he got injured. Yeah, it was like yeah. Darren. Like, I always remember this Darren Wood, but I always remember thinking, "Oh God, I'm under, how terrible Darren Wood must be feeling now." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was in a in, in a uh, testimonial game, wasn't it, um, with Middlesbrough? And but he only missed five games, and I I, I just think that we were, um, we 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 weren't sort of. Firing on all cylinders like we were the year after. Well, you mentioned them five games, oh Dave. When, when you when you look at the bigger picture, we 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 had a great run at the end of the season, and um, yeah. we only fell short of automatic promotion because this is obviously before the playoffs were introduced. We we only fell short by three points. In them games that Keegan yeah, missed, yeah. we only won one. So it just goes to show that the impact. Even though, as like you say, we, we didn't get off to a fantastic start. You know, there's some standout games. Rotherham away five one on the telly, uh, or well on match yeah. of the day at least, um, but. As we say, he, he, Arthur Cox was 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 starting to build, the, the you know the, the the jigsaw as it was. He you know he bought back Terry McDermott, um, he bought back yeah, uh, yeah. sorry he signed Davy McCreary from Man United, um, right. John Anderson 
had arrived as well. Yeah. And also yeah, Martin yeah. Thomas. Martin Thomas was replacing uh, I think the, Steve Hardwick. Yeah. As, and I uh, think you're seeing the nucleus of yeah. 83, 84 coming in there. Um, and and I, I think I, I can't decide whether, you know, I, I, know, I know that Arthur Cox knew a player because for, you know, he, he knew Peter Beardsley and he knew he wanted him. Um, I remember I was looking through some of the old programs and um, there was a, a pro, some program notes by Arthur Cox, actually, which uh, followed, I think we played a, we must have played a, a, a junior game against Leeds and he, he, in his notes, he singled out um, a couple of the young players um, from Leeds. And bear in mind, this was like 1980, you know, early 83, but this, the, the two players were Dennis Irwin and Scott Sellers. <laughs> so, so, you know, the, the, the guy knew a player um but uh yeah i think that was definitely the nucleus of the of the promotion side coming through certainly with davy mack um and john anderson were were, were, were influential for sure well into the following team, um you know I, I suppose what what are your memories if any um of cox's decision to sell emory Verardi? because again there's two sides to every story you know, he was top yeah. scorer in the 82-83 season. I've read and heard rumours that Keegan and Verardi had a bit of a fallout. So Keegan basically said, Arthur Cox, you need to get rid of him. I've seen a talking with Keegan and he point blankly didn't he didn't say a bad word about Verardi. He actually praised him to the hilt. Um, but selling Verardi and he didn't have a replacement lined up straight away. I mean, have you mm. got much memories of that? Or what's your thoughts on that actual decision? Uh, I didn't know Verardi that well because I've not seen a lot of him. Um, I mean, I've still not seen a lot of him because, as, as you, you know, much of your frustration, the um, lack of footage around that time is, is, a, is, is, is a problem. If you, you know, if you want to go back and look something up, um, but still, uh, I didn't know a lot, an awful lot about him. I knew he was, uh, you know, our, our best hope for getting goals. Um, and um, what was funny about around those times was that I. I don't know whether it was just because I, I was focused on other things or a bit too young to pay attention, but I just lots of these things passed me by at the time. Um, so players coming and going would would often pass me by. As um, uh, you know, get to the next season and be like, "Wow, where's so and so? Oh, we sold him. Oh, did we? Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Be like, yeah. Because and again, because you know, you you um, you know, these days with social media and. You know, you've got all this information comes, you know, delivered to you on your on your phone wherever you are, and you know it's a cliche to say it, but you know you had none of that then, so you would have to go and seek out this news. And as a as a ten year old, I would just probably wouldn't. So I, I didn't really know an awful lot about it. Um, looking as as I did in in the subsequent years, sort of eighty four, eighty five, you know, as I got a bit more savvy about things. Um, I looked back on it and, and, and felt it was a curious decision. Like you say, not least because we didn't have a replacement lineup, uh, lined up. Although he, he was, um, obviously David Mills came back in the other direction uh, as part of that deal, didn't he? So we, we, did, we did get, to, you know, we, we got David Mills, that, that sort of attacking midfield striker player um, who, who slotted in. And, he, and, he, and he's one of my sort of, players of, of note for, for that promotion season actually um, which we can come on to but um, um, you know he, he, he slotted in and did well wherever uh, he had to yeah I mean as you say we didn't I, I think 
I suppose what was to come, I suppose, in regards to who did end up being his replacement, you mentioned Peter Beardsley, but at that, at that point we were very inconsistent, weren't we? Again, we, we were sitting in uh, seventh or seventh spot at the time. I think we won as many yeah. as we were, were lost, we drew, drew a couple. Um, nothing of real um, great note because, again, as you mentioned, the footage isn't out there to sort of uh, recap yeah. on the goals unless you were there. Um, attendances were still pretty consistent, still well over 20,000. Um, but but Piazzi come in, made his debut away to Barnsley. Uh, we got a 1-1 draw. Mm. And then and then he came, he made his first start at home to Portsmouth. And, you know, it, is it a coincidence that Piazzi comes in and we're just picking up form straight away? We, we won six off the bounce. Um, I don't think it is. I, I, I really don't think it is. I think Peter Beardsley, um, the number of the number of players, and I'll, I'll say it now before I forget. But the number of players for me that season um, who stood out, but obviously for lots of different reasons. And the, the the obvious one, number one, is that that season would not have happened without Kevin Keegan. Um, and he, but but go back to your question. Even even with Keegan. I think Peter Beardsley was what made the difference. Um, you know, he, he was the replacement for Verardi. You know, so we we had lost in the in the first sort of few weeks we had lost that threat. Um, but Beardsley coming in, he, he came in with with little baggage. Um, he had very little sort of reputation. I don't mean that in a in a in a, in a bad way necessarily but he nobody really sort of knew an awful lot about him except he was a local lad so they're like all right well so that that gave him a, a tick in the box for for people before we started you know in the old cliche you know team full of geordies um and he came in and uh, yeah and he, he was a, a breath of fresh air i remember that much he was he wasn't afraid to pick up the ball and and, and keep it and carry it and, and move around with it and look for people rather than it being this hot potato that everybody wanted to get rid of. And um, yeah, so I think it, it, it's, um, I don't think it is a surprise because uh, I know it was, it was the game before I'm looking at the, the fixtures where the Crystal Palace home game was the start of that, um, uh, that, that run. Um, I think we, we went on a, six-game winning streak in, in October. In fact, a 100% record in October. And I don't, yeah, I don't think it's any, any coincidence that, that that was when Beardsley came in. Well, well, yeah, I mean, the first thing I'll have a look at him, granted it was on, uh, for me, it was the TV footage, but I always remember the season review um, of 83-84 uh, season. This was the Football League, the Canon League, as it was then. Um, mm. the, the released an official video, so it showed you, you know, uh, Liverpool romping the title, um, the promotion race, and all the other divisions. And is is a at the time what early nineties when I got a hold of a copy. And one of my memories is that they showed the highlights of the game against Charlton, two um, one. Um, it's now on YouTube, of course. Um, but one of my greatest memories of that is, you know, we're playing Charlton at home. Who, let's be honest, they're not really a household name. Um, great, great turnout. We're getting beat one 0 But Keegan, t- two quick goals. And what 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 really what I love about the footage, and I encourage anyone to have a look at it, is when it zooms in on the the supporters on the terraces, it's absolutely mm. pissing it down with rain. But you oh, but you yeah. can see the steam rising from all the supporters. And, 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 yeah. You know, and there's, there's loads of little anecdotes about that game. You know, of supporters saying, "Well, I was there. I, I left the ground, and uh, my, my program was just 
stuck to me pants and my back pocket soaking <laughs> through. Yeah. And um, that, that's always a little fond memory. Granted, I wasn't at the games, but a fond memory to look back. But 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 I suppose a, a key game because early on this season we, we knew who the the the, the promotion challenges were going to be, and um, Manchester City were definitely going to be one of those. And but but for us to you know host them at home, and you mentioned Peter Beardsley so soon in his Newcastle mm. career. I mean, what's your memories of any of of that particular performance? Or you know, do you think that might have been a catalyst for what was going to happen? I, th- I think it was, I mean, look, looking back, you know, you can take your pick in games uh, of, of games around that time that, that sort of, um, you know, served to set, set out our stall as, as promotion candidates. So if, if not title challenges, actually, yeah. um, that, that, that season and um, the Man City one was definitely one of them, but I, I'm going to disappoint you here, Mark. I didn't go. Oh, <laughs> right. Okay. And then this was, this was another, this was another sort of fervent fear of mine around that time as a, um, because what, what a lot of my friends, myself included, and a lot of my friends would um, have a tendency to do for the birthdays is have a, a football party. So you sort of hire Concordia or um, some similar place, you know, and, and um, get ten lads and have a game of five aside, and then you know a bit party food afterwards, and it was great, you know. But the, the one one guy arranged his for. Um, October the 29th, mm-hmm. 1983. Yeah. Well, I say arranged it. That was his birthday. I don't think he could yeah. help it. <laughs> so, so how did you find but out the I, result? I, I, then? Uh, then. So you I think, da- I think we, no, I think one of the one of the parents uh, at the party came over. Exactly, one of the parents or my dad sort of came over and, and told me as as the party was wrapping up and sort of said, and I sort of smiled and 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 went, oh, you know, and sort of thought, great, you know, good result, and I thought. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know whether. But that was that was that was kind of the thing at the time, though. It was like for for me, it felt like, um, whenever there was, I mean, it sounds horrible because an invitation to a party, you know, you should be like, oh, great, thanks, you know. But whenever an invitation to a party came around, it was I was straight straight onto the fixture list. I think, please don't clash because I didn't obviously want to miss any matches, but I can't remember why. I, I think he was a good mate at school, and I and, and I just I didn't want to let him down, and I, and I, and I and I sort of it was a tough choice, <laughs> you know. But uh, it was it was a choice. It was a choice that um, it was the kind of choice he had at that age. Yeah, and, and, and let's be honest. If if you were a few years older, you probably would have went to the match. Let's be honest, because uh, you, you, oh, yeah, you get yeah. you get to a point where you. Without sounding a bit of a, an arsehole here, you, you start picking and choosing events, don't you? But uh, I don't know whether this top trumps this uh, your story there, Dave, because uh, <laughs> in 1990, I don't know if you remember, well, you will remember, when we beat um, Leicester 5-4, we're 4-2 down, and uh, yeah. we come back and beat them 5-4. And I was on a family holiday. I, I use the word uh, holiday loosely, mind, but we, we went up to uh, Jedburgh at the time, and mm. uh, we, we spent a week up there, and we knew we were going to miss the game. But we won a bit of a bad run of form at the time. We stepped well off the promotion uh, races, but we just signed uh, Roy Aiken. And uh, I was still, you know, I still wanted to go to the games, but, you know, lo and behold, missed the game, 5-4. Couldn't believe it when the old uh, grandstand video printer was telling you the goals were coming in. And um, I went to school on the Monday, and I don't know why to this day, but I told a, a, a complete lie. I, I told all my mates who I normally went with, Oh yeah, I was there. They went, well, why didn't you pick up your phone and why didn't you come with us? Obviously, landlines then, no mobiles. Uh, or I just made them your own way. They're, they're looking at us and going, why would you have went the match <laughs> on your own? And you were just beetroot red, 
been found out. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, I mean, I feel your pain with that when you when you miss uh, such such yeah. a memorable memorable occasion. But but back to nineteen eighty three eighty four, obviously, as you mentioned, uh, fantastic one of four. And then the big test, though, you know, then we went to Chelsea and, and Sheffield Wednesday, conceded eight goals in the two games and conceded yeah. two. So, you know, you, you could say we've had a, a massive two, two promotion rivals there, hammering with on their on their turn. Well, it, well, it was it was on, on, on the back of what was actually a nine game unbeaten run as well. Yeah. So we we you know we'd, we'd got some good good points in the bag there. But yeah, that was. I, I think that was the difference between um, uh, difference between promotion and, and, and promotion and, and the title. Ultimately, I think um, those, those two games there, I think, highlight that Chelsea and Sheffield Wednesday were at least as good as us that year. So it was a very strong top three or four. Um, Man City were quite a way off the pace actually by the end, about ten points off, weren't they? In, in fourth place, but and I always, I always remember that thinking, yeah, we you know we we we've earned our promotion. You know, it's not like we've scraped up. We're bloody ten points clear here. And 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 actually, you know, with some of the, some of the performances that season, we you know we deserve to go up. But then it was a pleasure, um, you know, to 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 watch sides like Chelsea and Sheffield Wednesday as well that year because they were really exciting, tough, you know. Um, entertaining games and and you know sort of you you on a knife edge as well and and especially with what 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 it, you know what what um, uh, what it what it led to you know the the, the uh, what, what was at stake really um, from those games um, and that was quite fitting that that definitely the top three was the best three sides of, of that season but uh, to ship eight goals that was um, yeah, well, and and I, and I think that that probably um, told Arthur Cox. Um, it, it probably just underlined something for Arthur Cox um, because it wasn't long after that he he ran out and 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 brought Glenn Rhoda from QPR, wasn't it? It, it was, and and obviously we, we, I failed to mention earlier we had signed two new fullbacks, uh, Malcolm Brown and John Ryan. Malcolm Brown. Malcolm Brown, the unluckiest guy. Yeah, he got, um, got injured, and then. And, he, he he did his Achilles in training just after he signed and missed the whole season. But he was back the year after, I, I think. I, I recall he was playing the year, the year after. And I think, unfortunately, John Ryan, I think he was a bit of a name at Oldham, wasn't he? But he, he was, I don't think he was the answer as, as a as a fullback. As it was, if you, if you ask me my, you know, if you say Newcastle United fullback to me, I'll always say John Anderson. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a fullback. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's just, it's just, just as if, if I was to, well, if you were to say Newcastle, you know, centre mid, number four, Davy Mack. Yeah. And I think it, this is one of those seasons that I, I could, I could reel off to you, um, you know, the, the, the team, you know, because it was less of a squad, squad game then. Um, and we only used 18 players that season, which was an actual, obviously not something that they consciously strode out to, to achieve. Yeah. yeah. But uh, the, the outcome of that season, having only used 18 players when, you know, squads are sort of 24 players or, or, or so now is um, is quite good as well. And, and I think it spoke to how well we were able to keep players fit as well, I think, that season, because there weren't really many injuries. I think the most notable injury um, is was, was probably Kevin Carr on the, before the first day of the season when ah, he yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Broke, broke his arm, didn't he? And yeah. um, uh, and, and Chris Waddle had to... to, to 
So, sorry, Brooks arm on on the day. On the day, step in. Waddle had to go and Chris Waddle went in, went in goal for the second half and kept a clean sheet. Still won. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't. I recall. I don't think he had an awful lot to do. I think Leeds were a bit of a funny side. Um, thinking back, because I always thought that Leeds has been, you know, I mean, they knocked us out of the League Cup the year before. Um, the road dif- felt difficult to beat, but we did the double over them in '83, '84. So I'm not sure. Um, I'm, I'm not sure what what changed, but um, but maybe they had an aging squad because I, I did did spot that in my, my research phase this week I did did spot that Peter Lorimer was still playing for Leeds. Wow. Okay. Uh, in yeah. So yeah. I think so. Um, yeah. I, you know, um, Leeds was was, was one where we're, um, but that that got the season off to a great start as well. But uh, we we were able to keep players fit. Um, and, and crucially, keep Keegan fit, and um, it, it made it made all the difference. Um, it made all the difference, I think. Yeah. Well, well, you mentioned there, Glenn Roder, perfect time because he came in just before Christmas, um, and, yeah, all, and also, yeah, <laughs> I mean, Christy was uh, cute beyond uh, captain the FA Cup. He, yeah, he, he was a good. Uh, actually, uh, McCreary he, he played at one point as well, possibly before. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, he so, did. so, yeah. I, I mean. Fine tune in the squad. John Ryan, who we mentioned, it didn't really work out from up here. Um, he he was soon dropped. Uh, Kenny Wharton moved yep. to a more comfortable left back position. Um, and th- this always baffled me because uh, at one point John Truitt was what, what record signing, but did he get yeah. put out on loan and then come back, or was he just out of favour? Can you remember? I can't. I can't remember. Mark. I, right. I, I, I'll, I'll I'll be honest. I mean, I think. Um... He was the record signing for a long time, um, quarter, quarter of a million, wasn't it? And um, he um, he was a good, honest player. I mean, he, you know, there's the thing, we, Newcastle could never afford um, players, you know, the kind of, you look back at the 80s, the star players like, you know, the, the likes of um, sort of Barnes and Rush and, and then you had, you know, sort of Brian Robson and, you know, Charlie Nicholas and whatever. And um, Newcastle couldn't afford players like that then. It was simple, um, and 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 how we ended up with some players like that was by accident. Um, hence, you know, part, I mean, Keegan was probably the the exception, but again, we we couldn't assign Kevin Keegan without the brewery's um, help at, at the time. The, the club was potless, and and Peter Beardsley and Chris Waddle were were really um, accidents. I don't think, I think Arthur Cox definitely knew what he was doing, but I don't think he realised. I don't think anybody could have realised how, uh, what what a what a legend he was he was sort of unearthing there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, fantastic. I mean, you know, we're going into the into the new year now, um, 1984. Um, you know, we're still around the promotion places. If I remember rightly, Grimsby and Carlisle were also sniffing around as well. So it was probably a six a six team battle. Um, and we went to Carlisle around about Christmas, and there's a little story I've heard about that one. We, we get battered 3-1 um, just after, after mm. Christmas. In the days where we played two games in two days. Um, imagine that now. They'd be hell on, wouldn't they? But, but um, oh, yeah, and, and one of the supporters uh, invaded the pitch. Um, it would have been Martin Thomas. Had a go at Martin Thomas and took a swing for him because we were getting annihilated off Carlisle. Yeah. Let's be honest, right. they were promotion candidates, so it was a little bit extreme um, invaded the pitch and, Take the swing of play. Yeah. Well, it was. But, but stupidity, isn't it? Oh, well, of course, me. But yeah, into the, into the new year, um, we were drawn against Liverpool away in the FA Cup. 
Now, oh, God, yeah. the, the romantics of this straight away were looking at the return of Kevin Keegan, but obviously Terry Mack was going back as well. Um, yeah, it was played out live on television. The, the, the BBC cameras wanted to be there. Can, can you can you remember watching the game on that Friday night at all? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we I I, uh, I watched it next door with um, the guy the, the the lad um, we lived next door to at the time. A couple of years older than me, and I, I kind of idolised him. You know, he, he was a Newcastle fan. He was into his music and. I, I, you know, I would look to him for sort of musical influences and things. We'd play football together and Subutio and all all sorts of things, you know. And um, yeah, so we we watched it. So we went down on our bikes to um, the uh, paper shop, you know, and I think uh, pick up a quarter of cola cubes or whatever, and then uh, cycle back and get in position. Yeah, and that's what it was like. And um, and it, it was an exciting night uh, until the game started. Well, this is it, Dave. I mean, you. you on the head. We were playing Liverpool. I think I think they end up winning the European Cup that season. The, the probably well, it's quite it's it's all cyclical, isn't it? Because yeah, I mean we we are moaning about Newcastle United. Yeah, <laughs> moaning about them in the eighties and moaning about them now, and we're talking about Liverpool who won the league and European Cup then yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that was the year they won. They won the, the they can spare well, us and they won the did they win the FA Cup as well. No, that was uh, Everton. Oh, was that the Everton Watford? Yes. Yeah. But but yeah, yeah I mean. Like. I, I, I ended up the, the reason the reason why I'm fond of this game again I wasn't there I, I, I didn't attend but the reason why I'm fond of it is because when I was sort of brought up in, into the footballing world and going to games you you would read as I mentioned before half mag half biscuit you would read the mag you read you read them all and I remember someone doing an article for the life as I can't remember the name of the journalist but he did an article in the mag and he picked um, his top ten Newcastle support um, you know the the, the best mm. experiences of him. You know, at St James's or on the road, and you know there was a, a, a trip down to West Brom in the 1974 Cup run that was apparently fifteen thousand. Yeah. But, but 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 I read yeah. it and and I just thought, hang on, you see in there that there's a that's recorded on TV, and you know you, you, it's easy now to try and get uh, build your collection and stuff like that. But back then, I put an advert in a Sunday paper and mm-hmm. asking if anyone out there uh, in the sports section of it. Has got a, a copy of Newcastle versus Liverpool, and left me telephone number and my mum's landline. Got a phone call. Um, hello, it's a, it was a Welsh fella for the life. Of, I think it was called Michael. Phone us up. I've got I've got the game. Yeah, I'll do a copy for you on VHS, obviously. Um, I'll do it for ten pound. I went. All right. How do we get around this? Okay. Sent us a check. Oh, okay. Mum, can I have a check? So sent this <laughs> sent this check to an unknown in Wales. And a week or so later, a videotape drops through my door. Um, but he also gave us a sort of a, a document of all the other games he had recorded off TV over 20-odd years. Oh, wow. So I was looking through them and going, oh, man, can I have another 10 pounds? He's got Leeds, Leeds, Newcastle, 1982, She looked at me and went, well, why do you want that? You, you get B3-1. I went, oh, but look at the little asterisk next to it. It's got, you had a little footnote saying, um, hooliganism, uh, bad terrorist antics. I thought, I want to see that, you know? But I never, yeah, I never got the yeah. money. Until this day, <laughs> it's never been out there. No one's YouTube it or nothing. So it's another one what sort of passed me by. But back, back to the Liverpool game, watched, yeah. watched it back with this hope of, of it being an unbelievable atmosphere. And Christ, Newcastle support that day was unbelievable. unbelievable. I mean, uh, your age, you probably didn't really look at it from a point of view of, um, you know, an atmosphere. You probably just looked at, looking at the players, I suppose. 
no, I think I think I'd, 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 a bit of both. I think um, because we we had fantastic seats um, in in this promotion season. By the way, we we were sort of front centre, upper tier of the stand. Um, at the time, I don't think unless you were the you know the the, the corresponding seats in the west stand, which which are for directors. <laughs> I don't think you could have got a better seat. Um, so yeah, I, I I could sense you know that when when the the big game you know particularly though when there's a Leeds you know play Middlesbrough or Leeds or you know Sheffield or Chelsea any of those sort of crucial games and um, you could sort of sense you could sense it on the walk up to the ground actually it's, it's just the throng and the the noise and you know you hear start to hear the noise coming from from inside the ground and things and you know and, and the, the memories are very, are very sort of misty-eyed and nostalgic for me from from back then. But you know, the, there's there's things like, um, I mean, that, that that was, for example, the time when you would hear the the phrase in the papers. You know, they, they had to lock the gates at half past two, sort of thing, um, for for some of the games. You know, the, <clears throat> that that um, lock lockouts. You know, but then you know there was there was less um, sort of. Um, Less satisfying things like the National Front selling their their rag outside the Gallagher end in the in the early 80s, and um, I remember that. And I remember my dad dragging dragging me away to give him a wide berth, and, and me sort of saying, "What's what, who's that?" And he was saying, "You don't need to bother about that," you know. And probably you know didn't want to sort of definitely didn't want me to get mixed up with with that bloody lot. But um, you know, and that that was sort of a, an unsavoury side. Going back to you know mentioning what. Um, alluding to what I mentioned earlier about the crowd trouble being a big problem, not not just at Newcastle, but in football generally and in, in society generally um, at, at, at the time. And it, and it, and it kind of led to, you know, led to those fences going up, which caused problems with the, the people. It did nothing, the fences did nothing for the atmosphere. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. But the, the east side of the, the ground escaped the fences, of course. So it meant um, what I observed that season, it meant a bit of a shift from lunatics being not necessarily confined to the Gallagher end, but we found they were now in the benches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because because they had nothing, there's no fence there. And, and I tell you what, wingers, opposing wingers and fullbacks got hell off them benches, didn't they? <laughs> I mean, just, just to elaborate on the benches, because a lot of the younger uh, generation where that was but that that was right. uh the, the the front section um of the east stand shall we say separated by plush executive boxes which which if i remember right i think i only went in there once or twice the benches but every time something happened yeah. you would look back at the executive boxes and tell the bloke who had paid a fortune to sit there on the way we want to see what's yeah. happened on the telly on the replay you know that's <laughs> it that's it and, and yeah and, and and what came with that was the um very, very occasionally, the ball would would come over and land on top of the boxes, yeah. and somebody would have to jump down. And I'm, I've always gutted that it was never me. I'd never had the bottle to yeah. go right. I'm, I'm, I'm getting this. Yes. Well, can you, can you, and Dad, take a picture of us. Well, can you, can you remember a guy who used to always uh, manage to jump down and get it? And he used to always spin the ball on his finger like a basketball player. And everyone used to oh, do, right. it was like remember. you know, like from the east from the east end, you had um, that uh, Davy T lad who used to always do the Indian War Cry. You had yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so you're right. What you're seeing, there were some proper characters went in there, but uh, but yeah, as you say, great great view. Obviously, you've had an upgrade from the West End from the previous season. Um, but, but, yeah, a little bit. But yeah, but back back to the fixtures. I mean, we, we, we got beat four 0 It was never a surprise in, in that cup game. Um, 
We, we, mm. we weren't to know this at the time, but Keegan would retire on the back of that game. Um, he went for mm. a, a chasing long ball with uh, Mark Lawrenson. He's even said, you know, yeah. Lawrenson had a couple of yard head start, and he ended up outpacing him and comfortably taking the ball. And Keegan then ended up announcing his, his retirement a few weeks, weeks later. We'll come to that in a moment, though, because one of the standout games, Dave, um, Portsmouth away. Um, again, oh, yeah. caught, caught, <laughs> caught on the um, the big match highlights. Again, they're up on YouTube. Yeah. You know, I'll let you elaborate more, but what an outstanding performance. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't there, um, but um, that, that was, that was um, we, we went to about three away games, I think, that season. Um, but, um, yeah, a, a friend of mine, actually, I remember, remember speaking to a friend of mine, uh, Jimmy King, from college um, some years later, and he was there, and he, he, was, he was telling me, he, he was um, just, uh, he was telling me, it was phenomenal. He, he was, I mean the goals. We can see the goals for ourselves on the um, um, on, on, on the, the incredible footage that, that you've got there. But um, just the, I, th I think from, from, from remember from what he was saying from just judging from how Newcastle played in the years leading up to this season, and then to see a performance like that, he was just he he, he was just blown away. And um, Beardsley's goal. Um, I think Beardsley's first goal uh, just before half time was uh, I think goes down as as Beardsley's best ever goal for me I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean I mean talk, talk the listeners through it who haven't seen it. Mate. I mean <laughs> if you can it was... Oh god well. It was a ball in Keegan Keegan picked up the ball in the left wing I remember it. I mean I'm not not even watching it here but he he um yeah he picked up the ball in the left wing and kind of chipped chipped it into the left side of the box as you approach the goal and Beardsley scampered into the box and I think with a, a race with the defender I think just took a touch and the defender s slipped past him missed it and then he brought the ball under control and then he I think he, he kind of feigned to shoot he was literally two yards out, out, outside the, the goal by this point he feigned to shoot the keep, keeper slid past him and he dummied and then he was left with like one yard out on the goal line and he just tapped it in, and uh, I think the whole of the, the whole of the ground applauded that. It, it, it seemed um, from the footage. I think that I think the the, the home fans realised they'd seen something special there as well. But what was interesting for me about that game was that, um, and and it's, uh, again, it's not this isn't a, a memory because it's, it's quite specific. But it was something I picked up from the programmes that I didn't hadn't realised was prior to that game that Keegan had been. Uh, angered by suggestions that he was actually going to join Portsmouth yes. at the end of the season, You're right. and I wonder if that spurred him on because he had a he had a belting game, um, and and you know the Beardsley and Keegan got two each, and uh, yeah, and I, I mean really that that um, and and, and that coming at early February as well, I, I can imagine that at the time that probably felt like to to people that promotion was looking a re, a, a reality now. Well, you mentioned uh, Keegan then, yes, uh, on the, yeah. the the post-match interview, um, yeah. there was speculation of him going there. I, I can't remember exactly why, because obviously it was before my time, but I don't know whether Portsmouth had had some sort of 
investor and the, the thought that could entice Keegan for one last final payday. Because again, Keegan had signed a one-year contract initially, then he agreed to stay for a second year. So he, by yeah. by rights, he wasn't going to be our player from from the end of the season. So there was a lot of um, you know worry that we we're going to lose him. But lo and behold, as I mentioned mm. earlier, he, he announced his retirement um, a few days later. And uh, yeah. in typical Newcastle fashion, we're, we're back at Portsmouth away 4-1, then we'll lose it at home to Grimsby 1-0. <laughs> it's, it's, well, I mean, that, that, it, it, it sort of echoes the, um, you know, the, the 11 out of 11 yeah. season in, in 93, 92-93, doesn't it? Where Grimsby ended that as well. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, these things happen. It happened at the end of the season as well, you know, with the, the Cambridge slip-up. And, 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 and we mentioned it at the start of the season, you know, the... Um, uh, you know, it was win-lose, win-lose the first four games. It was very topsy-turvy. Um, so, you know, these things happen. And, and um, what what we were, or what Arthur Cox, I think, and, and, and the lads did a good job of doing was not let these little slip-ups linger. Um, you know, they never turned into sort of five, four or five game bad runs uh, like, like, the, like they might have done. And... Um, and that, that's to their credit, you know, they, they held it together. And I think it, it was almost like that season we had two managers, you know, we had Cox and Keegan. In fact, almost, you could almost argue three, because Terry Mack, um, I, I wouldn't like to un, underplay the, the amount of influence uh, that Terry Mack had on, on things. Um, not, not just at the, not just at the, at the club, but um, the, the, the local nightclubs as well. <laughs> yeah. I've heard he was uh, fond of, that's one of the things that used to flash up on the scoreboard is, um, is, is Tuxedo Junction. Right. He fell down at Tuxedo Junction, which was a nightclub in town at the time. Right. And I've, I've heard that Terry Mack was a season ticket holder, shall we say. <laughs> well, well, I've already booked on holiday last year. In, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's, it's remarkable the career he actually had and the success he had as a footballer, um, con- oh, yeah. considering how much he put away in the, in, in the bars. You know, it's absolutely phenomenal. How, how he kept himself, you know, at, at such yeah. a high level. Um, uh, but we're into the running, as you say, February. Um, games coming, yeah, and, yeah, the business end, the business end, yeah, thick and fast. Uh, we, we, we got beat off Grimsby, but we went to uh, Man City and turned them over 2 1. I mean, 41,000 mm. there for a second division game that's uh, that's pretty impressive, well, that, yeah. And I mean, I come back to attendance, that, that'd be one that Man City fans will sort of point out and go, ah, well, you know. Like I say, it was all relative. Football wasn't as popular, you know. There was there was lots of things that would keep people away, um, and the size of grounds would vary as well. And I think Man, Man City had a bigger ground than everybody oh, else yes. um, yeah. in the division around that time. Um, so, with the exception, possibly, I think I think Hillsborough was probably forty plus. Yeah, um, Hillsborough was always a nice ground as well, and still is. Yeah, still is actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, a phenomenal. Um, and, 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 and in typical style, another phenomenal goal by Beardsley yeah. made, the, made the difference. Yeah. I mean, it started there, and you could say that was probably the perfect time to really, really turn results into wins because I'm not going to give too much away at this moment, but went on a great, mm-hmm. great, fantastic run of form, particularly at home. Um, but but you, you touched on away games, Dave. Um, had you been to an away game at this point? I had. Um, I mean, really, as I say, my um, first sort of football game probably was at Feetham's, probably to see Darlington, because right. that's where we lived. But yeah, yeah the season before, we, we um, 
went down to Middlesbrough um, for the um, for the game down there, and there's the, a lot of bother down there. I do um, remember reading that. On, on that on that day. I can't remember where we were. I suspect we were probably this was something my dad did at the time, which was quite canny of him when you when you think back. But he would buy some often buy tickets in the home end, in the seats. Um, just just playing percentages of that's probably likely to be the, the safest part of the ground, um, you know, amongst the amongst the home regulars. And as long as we keep our voices down, we'll be all right. Yeah. You know? So that was the trade-off: is if we scored, can you can you keep, can you can you control yourself? But um, we might have we might have been in the in the home crowd, and and having not long, you know, come come north from Darlington, we probably had sort of uh, the right accent yeah, <laughs> for yeah. the home end of yeah. Middlesbrough. So. Um, so yeah, def- definitely, uh, and, and and it was a, I think it was a one-all draw. I think it was a bit, a bit sort of something and something and nothing um, in in terms of the the influence on 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 the the season. But uh, yeah, we, we went went to that, and um, but by but this season by this point I hadn't been we hadn't been to um, any. And in fact, we, as I say, we went to three three aways, and they were all really um, they were all in the, the this run-in, the, this this magical run-in, um, March through to May. Um, which I think as you, you were going to touch on there, started with that Man City away game and um, kicked the, which kicked off a, another nine-match unbeaten run. Um, and really, as we got into March, cemented that third place. Um, we, 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 you know, we just had to keep avoiding defeat. Really, keep winning. Uh, I, I would always say, you know, keep winning the home games and draw your away games, and you'd be all right. And that's pretty much, you know, um, that's pretty much what we did. And the first away game that we that we did that season was was actually Shrewsbury away. Um, but why exactly? Exactly. Well, it, it it came it came the week after we 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 beat Middlesbrough three one, um, which which for me personally was a huge result because I was starting to get an understanding of of the local rivalry aspect. And obviously, without Sunderland being there, um, Sunderland we, we wouldn't happen upon Sunderland until the next season when we got promoted. Um, but um, y- yeah, we, we um, the, the Middlesbrough seemed to be the best the best thing that we we had in terms of, of local derby, and, and you could sense it on the day as well. You could sense sort of the atmosphere. It was, it was sort of crackly, you know, with um, uh, you know the away fans being kept well away from everybody else, you know, and, and the sort of singing and pointing would, would happen, and it it kind of led to you know it, it all it all contributed to um, um, you know very very exciting build up of, of, of the game. Um, I didn't know any Middlesbrough fans at school. In fact, I didn't know any Newcastle fans at school, and and that's something that um, back then all, all my pals at school would support you know Man United and Liverpool. Um, or there was, there was a guy who was. Um, one of my best friends actually was a Blackburn fan, but that's because that's where his family were from. But you know, so so I, I was I, I was pretty much the only Newcastle fan that I was aware of at at um, you know at the middle school in Whitley Bay. Can you believe that? You know, you, you contrast contrast that to now, and and you know it's everybody. But it wasn't just wasn't fashionable then, um, and people were, you know people would laugh at us. They'd say, "Oh, Newcastle get beat, eh?" I'm like, yeah. And I remember people laughing at it years later when we sold Peter Beardsley as well. And I thought, "Ah, well, you know, yeah, support your local team, you know, bugger off, leave yeah, me alone." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you get all defensive like that. But uh, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, 
Sorry, go on. I was just going to say, you know, Shrewsbury, I mean, you, you would have been, what, 10-ish at the time, I suppose, 11? We, we were, and I, I did, yeah, and you, you sort of say, what, what, why that game? And why indeed, I think, I, I did speak to my dad about it this week, and he, he said, I think like most away games, I think we decided to go on a whim, um, usually on a Friday night, and my dad would ring my uncle, like, fancy going down, all right then. And I think my, my uncle either lived sort of in, in uh, the East Midlands or, or Durham uh, around that time, we, so we would sort of pick him up on the way. But Shrewsbury, oh, God, I'd, yeah. yeah, I don't know why we went. Um, it was so far away. I mean, it's almost in bloody Wales. And <laughs> and it just seemed to be such a long journey. And we, I think and it was one of those where we set off in plenty of time, but there was roadworks, there was this, that, and the other. And we, we got there, we got in the ground, I think, at five to three. And, um, but we, you know, we... Um, what was an eye-opener for me for for away games was that we were that bit closer to the action. Because um, if we if we weren't in the home seats, um, I think as as with Shrewsbury, we were just pay on, paid on the door and just stood behind the stood behind the goal with the rest of the Castle fans. It was all fine, um, but we were that bit closer. You could kind of see, you know, I could see Beardsley and Keegan breathing, you know, and talking yeah. to each other, and it was like, wow, mm-hmm. we had to talk to each other during the game. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned that there was only 8,000 there that day. I mean, I'm saying only yeah. that, that was probably Shrewsbury's biggest crowd of the season. Now, I think uh, I think that'll have been yeah. I think that'll have been a bit bit like the Cambridge result being their big big um, result of the season. I think Shrewsbury probably enjoyed the visit to Keegan was a draw. I think at, at most uh, most away 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 games. Well, you, you mentioned the nine game unbeaten run. It was continuing, albeit we drew two two that day. Um, we yeah. beat Leeds. Uh, one nil. I think Dennis Irwin, who you mentioned before, he he got he scored the own goal that day. So you must have uh, right. you must have been, the manager must have listened to Arthur Cox and started playing him, you know. Um, yeah. And then Swansea beat them two nil at home. Um, and Charlton away. Um, but I, I believe it was ones each until a few minutes to go, and we ended up scoring two very very late goals and winning three one. Um, mm. In another game that I think that was was that not when Keegan had announced his retirement? I think he got presented with something. That's right. Game didn't he? It was officially his last appearance in London. Right. Cool. That's tenuous, isn't it? Well, yeah. I suppose I suppose the nearest to to how to, to what happens now that nowadays is kind of the accusations thrown at them of how can we make this about us. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. Um, but a fantastic win, as I say, three one at Charlton, and then um, mm. Chevy Wednesday promotion rivals. Um, the the come to see games bring up thousands. It was very rare. Uh, you you tell me more more so at the time, I, but but it's very yeah. rare that it, the, the the away support would pack out the Leeds end. There was only one or two. Uh, I seem to recall Leeds, but Leeds was a rearrangement of when it, it was the game that was frozen out. In January, I believe, because there was two programs that that year for the Leeds game, as well. And um, um, but yeah, I think um, there wasn't many. I think Leeds might have been one, but certainly Sheffield Wednesday and Chelsea were amongst the sides who, yeah, I mentioned earlier about the the, the, the sort of the odd um, uh, segregation configurations that they would make in the Leeds end around that time, because they had the centre section and the, the two corners separated by two small. Um, two, two small kind of no man's land areas that were fenced off, um, but sometimes yeah, the, the sometimes that clubs would 
you knew clubs would bring enough to fill the whole end. So the whole, it, it was just, I mean, obviously for Sunderland was another one um, that, w that would fill the whole end uh, the following season and, and subsequently. But uh, yeah, it was, um, and, and again, going back to atmosphere that, you know, it all, it all led to, to, to sort of building up of a, you know, a really exciting atmosphere. Um, at a really exciting part of an exciting season, you know, I mean, it, it was just real halcyon days. Yeah, well, unfortunately, went down one nil that day. I think it was it was a Gary Shelton who scored a brilliant overhead kick. Gary Shelton, cracking goal. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I've never, not for a long time afterwards, had I been as impressed with how wild that away end went when that goal went in. Yeah, God, tell you, arms and legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you started, one of the first things you did do, I, I was the same. You would look at it in an away end on, on any game and look and go, oh, wow, they, they support us. Look, Min celebrating that goal. But ultimately, they're just doing what, they're, what, what they're there for, aren't they? You know, but uh, yeah. But yeah, exactly. um, but yeah we, we get beat 1-0. Sorry. Yep. Sorry. Sorry, no, go on. I was just going to say, we, we get beat 1-0. Um, you know, we're still, Destiny was probably still in our own hands with, with six or so to go. Um, I mean, you've got the fixture list there. You, you run through your memories with me because you went. Uh, was there any more away games, obviously, out of that, the bunch that you went to? Uh, yeah, yeah. Looking back, we went to Blackburn away, um, and I, you know, probably just because it was one of the closer ones. Um, and that was, uh, yeah. And, and we, we again in 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 that sort of nine nine match unbeaten run. Um, towards the end of the season, it was kind of every you know every point count, counted. Um, we just lost it um, uh, at, at home to Sheffield Wed. So you know Sheffield Wednesday were a bit of a um, you know bit of a bit of a sort of bogey side. But they were, I, I would always term Sheffield Wednesday and Chelsea around that time as, as our nemesis because we would always have have bother against them you know, on the pitch. You know probably off as well. <laughs> But on on the pitch, we would we would it always there would always be tough games, and there would always be um, you know games that we would take very seriously um, at the time. But yeah, Blackburn, and then obviously um, you can't mention that season without mentioning Huddersfield away, Mark. Well, I mean that's another one I've mentioned before. Um, you know, if, if footage. I mean, if someone's got any footage out there, I'd love to see it. But I've only seen pictures of yeah. if, if what happened. I'll let you describe it in more action, uh, in more detail. But, uh, you know, Blackburn away, I, I would imagine that would have been Good Friday because look at the dates of the fixtures. Carlisle was a bank holiday Monday. Was it that Easter Monday? Or have I just totally got that uh, wrong? Oh, I don't know. I haven't got, I haven't got the days of the week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it sounds about right, actually. Yeah. yeah. It sounds, sounds about right, that. Carlisle is a... We mentioned support as there in regards to goal celebrations. What one of the best uh, memories of that season for me, obviously on video, is uh, when Kevin Carr saves a penalty, and we yeah. go straight up the other end and score. But I don't know whether you ever noticed that guy on the on the crash barrier in the scoreboard, and he's serenade, he's, he's facing away from the pitch, and he's serenading yeah. the yes, support. Yeah, <laughs> and obviously we score, and all of a sudden you just see his body go. You know, it's it's he's he's yeah yeah he's, he's been there. The, the choir instructor, uh, he's, he's getting the fans singing. And then all of a sudden we score and um, pretty much game over. And uh, this body just yeah, goes yeah, missing yeah. in the crowd. So a fantastic. That's brilliant, isn't it? What a, what a story to tell your kids. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, you know, disappointing in reality because I think they hadn't won for about 20 odd games and they ended up going down, I believe, that mm. season. Um, uh, not, yeah, not, yeah. Not, 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 not
absolutely bad. Well, I mean, that, that, that derby game, I mean, from, from, from footage, I mean, we were in, in the East End, but Beardsley was just, just ran riot and he didn't stop. Um, and actually what was interesting was that um, I think after the fourth goal, you can see it on, on the, the, the footage that you have, Mark, he, Cox, Arthur Cox walks back towards the bench as if to sit down. But just before he does, he looks over at the Derby bench and sort of shouts, 4 0. Really? I've like never that. that. I'm sure he does. I haven't checked back. But, um, right. but uh, you know, ultimately, it, it, it um, seems that Cox was um, unwittingly delivering his job interview <laughs> on that day. <laughs> Unfortunately for us. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, we were as good as up at that point. It wasn't mathematically guaranteed, but we were as good as up. No, that's right. Um, we were a point, point away, and, and um, yeah, yeah. But uh, and then Derby had some decent players um, in, in, in the side, and you know, it seemed to be an era for catching the back end of some, you know, amazing players' careers. Um, was was Gemmel playing for them yeah. then? Archie Gemmel was he? Yeah, he was, yeah. and and. Um, and, and yeah, Kenny Kenny Burns, yes. the twice European Cup winner, was clearly he was clearly put on on the pitch to to Mark Waddle, and he couldn't get near him all day. So. <laughs> that's, that's good. Yeah. That, I, had, I I remember I remember having a headache after that that game, and I think it was just it was all too much. It was the just the occasion, the excitement, the hot weather, you know, and and in the East Stand would have the blazing sun in our faces yeah. for two hours. Um. And and then and Beardsley, watching Beardsley's diving header, I thought with a headache. I thought, how oh, bad, bet that knacked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, without a doubt. But um, I mean, yeah, we and, and that that um, I think I think there was there was and after that game there was there was definitely a a desire for the fans to start the celebrations, and I think there was a reluctance from Arthur Cox and the players. I think they 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 were or or, or did they do a did did, did they do. Did they do like a, a, a go around the pitch? I can't remember because I thought that was only Brighton. Even though we weren't mathematically promoted and we still had two two fixtures to go, um, they, they, they thought, "What the hell?" They, they thought, "Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I would understand them if it was the last." They one. wouldn't do that now, would they? Oh, without a doubt. We, we, the, the, the supporters <laughs> would have told them to piss off. Let's be honest. Now they would have, "Oh, hang on a second, get, get, get back to reality." But, yeah, yeah. But because it was such a comfortable victory, uh, probably got lost in the on the in the occasion because. Uh, they went out there, and I, as I say, I would have understood it if we if that was the last home game of the season, but it wasn't. Um, you know, we had Huddersfield mm, to come. Um, again, that was that was the main one. Um, Huddersfield away. Yeah, I think you're right. So I think the the, the games you mentioned before were were across the Easter weekend. Right. And I think the yeah Derby was um, was May Day, wasn't it? Right. So Huddersfield then. Um, we, I've heard too many stories about it. There's 25,000 there, and depending on who you talk to or who you, who, what you read, there's anything from 10 to 20,000 Newcastle there. Um, I'd love to have seen the footage, yeah. um, yet, yet to find it. Know little about the game. Over to you, Dave. Uh, well, remember little about the game. More, <laughs> more, remember more about the occasion. Yeah. Um, but I remember, again, it, was, it will have been one of these you know, on a whim, or how I let's go down, you know, nothing planned. Because back then, of course, you could just pay on the door. And how crazy is that for a promotion clincher? And they knew, they will have known how many people wanted to go down. And it was pay on the door. <laughs> Incredible. Because I was just checking back. Um, 
a few weeks ago and found that I was disappointed to find that I didn't have a ticket stub from that game. And, and so, yeah, because we didn't buy tickets for many games back then. But, uh, but yeah, 12,000, uh, 12, I think, is the accepted sort of figure of how many people uh, travelled down to, to Leeds Road. And, and it seemed that there was just Newcastle fans on all four sides of the ground. Um, but it, and it was... Um, <clears throat> Yeah, it was exciting. You, you could sense, I mean, you knew, we, we all knew what the occasion was and you, we, we just had to get a point, but you could sort of feel it as well. It was it was tangible. It was in everybody's faces, you know, and, 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 and it was singing and just the excitement. Um, and the silver strips, I mean, the, 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 one of the things that stood out for me that season was that, you know, that we had new strips and a new badge, in fact. And, the, and, and from the first game onward, the lads looked magnificent. And not only... And this is not very often, not only did they look magnificent at home when they wore the silver away strip, they looked even more fantastic. They look, they look like spacemen. <laughs> you know? People are fond and, of, um, of that era. I mean, listeners won't yeah. I know you've got that, the, the home kit on, of, well, the shirt of, of, of that season. It's such a, a retro shirt, but as you say, of such fond memories of, the, of, of them, of them kits, it. you know? Well, the shirt, the shirt's painted on. I've, oh, unfortunately, <laughs> I did have, as you've seen the picture, I did have the, that was my silver away top as well, but I, that's been lost over the years, um, unfortunately. But what, what can you do? But yeah, I remember um, it, it being excited about the game, but being a bit kind of like, oh, now then, Keegan's not playing. So what does that mean? And, and, and it was a bit of a new thing for me. I know, you know, you missed a few games the season before, but it still felt like a bit of a, well, what happens now? Um, you know, and um, and I think, and then we went two 0 down, and I think, uh, you know, that that was kind of a uh, here we go, yeah, we're, we're we're nothing without Keegan, we're a one one man team, you know, and people were sort of worrying. Um, it, I liken it to whenever Keegan didn't play, it felt like the stabilizer had been taken off the bike. Um, and Beardsley wore number seven, um, and David Mills, who I mentioned at the top of the program, um. Was was it was in the in, in the side and, and played a played a key role, um, but what one of the things that, that stood out I start to sort of think back and where we we were stood at the front of the home end, um, but I, I was more or less eye line level with the pitch, so I, I kind of had a great view of anything. <laughs> but that's just kind of that typical thing of you know shove the kids down the front, and I and I stood down there and I remember getting cinder off the track blowing in my eyes and things, but. One of the most bizarre things was that um, I looked to, to one side and realised the guy stood next to me was the guy I sit next to in the East Stand at St James's. So it's like, how bizarre is that, you know? And I, I remember the, the just looking behind and just seeing like an almost endless sea of black and white. You know, it, it was sort of my um, 74 semi-final moment looking back at the away end. It wasn't the, the, co the cop at Hillsborough, but it was the... Uh, you know, this this, this away end at um, at Huddersfield, and then you know, and, and chanting, ch uh, chanting, singing the cowshed at the fans in the opposite end. It was quite a popular work for for the the grounds that had those big cavernous barns behind the goal. You know, that in the old style grounds that that um, that's what we're singing. And one of one of the, the overriding memories, I can't remember if it was at half time or during the game, but I looked behind me, I could hear a commotion, and I just saw this. And he will, he'll be pissed up, but <laughs> this, this Newcastle fan in a, in a black and white kilt just come tumbling head over, head over heels 
all the way down the steps, <laughs> kind of landed at the bottom just behind me. And he, he was fine. He got up and dusted himself down. But I just thought, uh, yeah, this is the sort of day it is, you know. But then 2-0, two 2-0 nil, two nil down after 25 minutes. It's like back, back to, you know, it's kind of kind of reality. And you're kind of thinking, well, oh God, is this going to be a, a, you know, a similar misstep to Cambridge? You know, is this, is this going to put pressure on the, the Brighton game? We want we want the Brighton game to be a party, not not a, a big stressful panic, you know. Um, but we weren't we, we needn't worry because I think we were level two two by half time. So and it was um, Beardsley and, and and my man David Mills, yeah, who, who, um, who got the got the goals there. So so can you remember much about obviously the uh, the pictures I've seen the, the players are doing another sort of I wouldn't say lap of honour. I, I would imagine the fans invaded the pitch and give them, uh, yeah. you know, che- cheered them around the, the pitch to celebrate. But can you remember, did you stick around then or was it a case of just get, get yourselves out on the way home? Or I can't remember. Uh, no. we, we did have a tendency to get ourselves away. Yeah. Um, and and it, might have been, it might have been something my dad anticipated about it being a, a big surge to the front. Right. And, uh, you know, and different priorities. You know, I'm looking back thinking, oh, Dad, why didn't you throw me over the fence? You yeah. know. Yeah. And he, he, he'll, he'll have been thinking how I feel about my daughters now. Is is yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> no chance. Look at we've even been going. Well, <laughs> you know. well, this is it. A little, a little anecdote. Lincoln Park is actually, it's probably. If I'm not mistaken. That, that was that was a Tuesday night, wasn't it? Oh, I, uh, I think it was. Yeah. I mean, as I mentioned earlier, it was my birthday. But um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. Um, it was. It was a midweek night, definitely. Yeah. Well, Similar story. I went down with uh, lads. You will remember who I was at the time when you, you know, drove us to away games and whatnot. Um, the the lads I was with, my brother Wayne, um, we lost them in the in the crush behind the goal. And at the end, all right. I wanted to do was invade the pitch, but ultimately I couldn't. I thought, well, hang on, I need to find my little brother. You know, so I was the same. I lost I lost the people I was with as well, so I I didn't go over. But um, a couple of lads. Um, one of the lads, some of the lads listening might remember the name Decker. It's one of the lads who went all went the games home and away right. uh, back in the day, and um, he, um, he, you know, he liked to gargle, and he, he was yeah. over the fence on the final whistle. And I think he he stopped, and, and he, I think he was sick at the, the, the feet of the Grimsby goalkeeper, <laughs> who, who uh, was less. The Grimsby goalkeeper said something less than sympathetic back to him, but uh, I don't think anybody was really. Uh, re- really that bothered, but yeah, I, I lost the people I was with, so I kind of stayed, stayed put like a good lad, and um, but and just enjoyed it from behind the goal. But uh, yeah, great, great night. And then and then Brighton, it's all set up. Keegan's final game, uh, promotion already. Well, it, well, it was, and it was just you know just unfortunate for. So I keep mentioning David Mills. I actually was com- compelled. I felt compelled enough to buy his book, um, which. Um, which he wrote, which I've got got here, their uh, but for fortune, it's called, and it's um, it's got a nice chapter which I've read about the, the about this eighty three eighty four season and about how he fit into things and circumstances upon which he returned, uh, and 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 then how he kind of moved on. Um, he ultimately moved on back to Middlesbrough, didn't he? But um, he was he must have been the most unlucky striker to join Newcastle, to join. 
um, and, and expect to have to compete with Keegan Beardsley and Waddle yeah, front line. Yeah, yeah. Because what, what wasn't... So, but, but whenever he did, whenever he did get a game, he, he, he was always, he was always 100%. He was, he was all over the pitch. And I really liked him as a player. And he, and he was unlucky to, to, to lose his place for that Brighton game. But Beardsley coming back, uh, sorry, I, I say Keegan coming back, uh, he, he could not, obviously he couldn't, Cox couldn't have done anything different. Um, but I, uh, from what I read in, in the book, um, you know, Mills took it on the chin and understood, and, and uh, again, you know, testament to the man. And I think a lot of what what you don't tend to find um, a lot a lot as much of now is back then. I think play, you had players who were gentlemen. Uh, I know it sounds like a bit of a cliche, but you had principled footballers, um, you know, like like David Mills, who who um, you know, was was honest and he was like, yeah, I know my place in this squad. I'm not going to start kicking off because I'm not getting a place ahead of Peter Beardsley. Keegan, and Keegan was, a, was another one, you know, that rather than try and stretch stretch out his career or drop into midfield, maybe slow it down. It's not, it's not his style. Um, and, and he's remembered much better as a, as a consequence for the way that he did do it, you know, with the, with the, um, with Alvita saying Kev and the helicopter. Um, and, and and all of that, but yeah, we we come to the the the, the sort of the um, the final game of the season at, at home to Brighton, and and again, just the first thing I think of when I think of that game is just boiling hot sunshine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, um, you know, we 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 done what we had to do. Uh, you know, the promotion was assured, and that was it, it was a day um, to enjoy. Um, that that's all. There was no stress. There was no bother about the results. There was no oh, you know, we need to keep him fit. It was just a pure day of enjoyment, and 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 and, and that's what we got, and it was un, unforgettable. Well, I mean, we bowed out in style, didn't we? All all them three metres, yep. as you mentioned, all scored three three one. Uh, Beardsley, yep. that that goal when he you know he had a bad ball from <clears> Keegan. <throat> let's be honest, he, he ended up tackling ten and a half on the ball back. You know. Wow. Well, that, that's that sort of slide tackle scoop yes. of the ball, and then the, then to just instantly turn mm-hmm. and 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 chip, you know, former England goalkeeper, six foot five, yeah. was just like, yeah, how dare you do that, Peter? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like that's kind of what you what you think of. But I think even Joe Corrigan had, had a sense of humour about him enough to go, yeah, that you know, some good goals there. Mm-hmm. Well, and he, he was he was at the tail end of his career as well, Joe Corrigan. Yeah. So I think he, he kind of, he, he, you know, the pressure was off him. Well, promotions assured. Um, Keegan must have got his farewell game now. But I don't know, don't know if you know this, but the following day, we actually played um, Darlington away. I, I I didn't, but I do now. Yeah. Um, I looked. I noticed that from looking. Well, say from just having a glance through some some of my old stuff mm-hmm. um, to to remind myself. Yeah, and I, I was thinking, well, God, why didn't we go to that? And it's probably it was probably because we didn't know we probably didn't know about it because uh, you know games if 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 friendlies and things popped up because it was a it was a benefit game for um, David Barton yeah. I think wasn't it former right. player and. Um, yeah, not, not unlike, unlike now with social, social media websites and you know the the, the reach that um, a message from <laughs> if they choose to, to deliver one a message from the club uh, has has a, a world a global reach uh, an instant global reach. Back then, you know if you didn't pick up a certain paper, 
or you know chat with one of your mates who found out in the pub you, you just didn't know about it you know um so that's probably the reason and it wasn't in the program it wasn't list even the brighton program it wasn't listed as as a as a the next fixture um presumably because it wasn't part of the league or cup season so 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 okay well you missed that one unfortunately even though it was on your doorstep um but mm. um well not not then i mean we, we were in whitley bay then but ah, that, of course. it could have been a nice it could have been a nice um, trip back to see Nana and Grandad, yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, have a, have a will with your dad about that and have a go at him. Um, I will, I will. Yeah, yeah, so fortunate, yeah. Again, consider myself fortunate to, to have been there. We were in the East Stand. I'm not ashamed to say there was um, tears that night uh, from, from little me. And there were tears of, um, definitely tears of happiness that just, the occasion, but it was, um, I think there was tears of, oh, bloody hell, what do we do now as well? Because I think it was clear from, I was clear from the season and, and the Huddersfield game that Peter Beardsley would be the man to kind of lead the line, um, you know, in, in Keegan's absence uh, going forward. But it was like, well, I know, but what we're going to do <laughs> without him? And it was, it was, um, yeah, and I, I think, yeah, I think it, it all it all kind of culminated in kind of that feeling of like, you know, it's like don't go. <laughs> it was it was really a it was really a bittersweet night, but um, uh, and and but to, I think we one of the big um exci- big aspects of excitement for that night was um, that we were welcoming, you know, the, the champions of everything, Liverpool, um, and. I don't think St James's Park. I hadn't seen them play before. St James's hadn't seen Liverpool since '76, I don't think. <clears throat> and uh, sort of welcoming them back, you know, Grobelar and Craig Johnson and Ian Rush and everyone. It was, um, uh, yeah, it was exciting. It was an exciting night. Uh, and then obviously the, um, uh, you know, the rounded off with the the, the spectacle of the helicopter exit. to the, um, one of the stewards and said, uh, give that to Peter Beardsley. And Peter Beardsley said to this yeah. day, he doesn't wear that shirt. Didn't, so, didn't uh, get it, no. So a steward's pulled a fast one. So, you're right, mate. I mean, I've, I've, yeah. I was getting goosebumps when you, when I'm hearing the passion in your voice about that night because it, the, the, there's games in your life and you look back and go, oh, I wish I was there. You know, I wish I was at the Burnley semi-final. Yeah. I, w- I wish I was, at, you know, there's a, this, that Liverpool game we mentioned you before, just for the, the support. But that Keegan farewell, you know, it, it sounds to me as if... Um, it was it was the end of a, a probably a, a surreal chapter if if I'm if I'm right in saying, and um, I suppose well, it was definitely that yeah yeah and, and and the unfortunate thing is you know you mentioned David Mills you mentioned obviously the retirement of Kevin Keegan you mentioned Arthur Cox, uh, John Tuick Tuick who had come back into the side, all four mm. all four of those uh, and obviously Terry McDermott as well five people yeah. massively important players in promotion. In the following season, all, all five of them were gone. Or, in the case of Terry McDermott, yeah. because of a contract dispute, he was banished to the, the juniors and he never played for the club again. Um, I, he, I just always assumed Terry Mack retired, but Truick was a, John Truick was a funny one for yeah. me because he, he actually lived, at, um, he lived in our estate in Whitney Bay. All right. <laughs> in, a, in a little three-bed three uh, three detached in, in where, where we lived at the time. And uh, we got wind of this. Uh, word got round the school. 
um, you saw, yeah, I, I went round um, one, one time to get his autograph. And he's just a lovely guy, just like, you know, probably getting sick of kids knocking on the door. But, uh, you know, every time, you know, he, well, to me, he'd open the door, big smile. Hey, how are you doing? You know, and I'd say, oh, can I have your autograph, please? You know, and he's like, yeah, no problem, you know. And um, and I, I think, you know, play, players, players like, like, it it gave it gave you sort of a, a good reassuring feeling that there was players like that around, you, you know, good 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 sort of honest professionals. Keegan was always. Um, I remember in a, in a in some book, Keegan sort of saying one tip I'd always give professional footballers is always carry a marker pen because you never know when you're going to get stopped to ask for an, <laughs> ask for an autograph. Well, that's, but I thought that's typical of Keegan. That yeah yeah. I mean to be to to think think of, of situations where. He, he probably had a back pocket full of those little cards with his picture on, you know, that he would sign uh, for people, you know. Without a doubt. Let's be honest. He, he, was, he was a true pro. Well, well, you, you mentioned Keegan there, <clears throat> the IP section, mm-hmm. and uh, we, we just thought, ah, we'll just, we'll just go to the show. I'm not bothered about VIP. Um, mm-hmm. Plus the cost, it was ridiculous. But uh, it was for charity, so ultimately you go, okay, well, you know, they've got to make, they've got to make the money. Um, but yeah. we were sort of hovering around the VIP area outside, and me and the lads. It was there was a good squad of us that that night. You know, going back years and years of following Newcastle. People have dropped out that don't go like yourself uh, for for Ashley reasons mm. or or whatever. But we were hovering around the VIP area, and one of the lads just said, "Kev, Kev, is there any chance of a quick photo?" And he went, "Aye, but just we're gonna have to be quick, lads. I don't want to get sprung." And you know, and I just think. Yeah. That's great. That he, <laughs> he was risking. Don't tell Steve. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna risk getting bollocks off the organising. You, yeah. you scruffs haven't paid an extra fifty quid to come and stand with me. But, but yeah, we got a photo, and I, you know, straight away it was up on Facebook. I, I'm sure it's on my Twitter account. But yeah. I, I was, I don't get starstruck. But just standing next to the man, I was just wow. It's it's Kevin it's, Keegan. It's hard not to, isn't it? I know it's it's hard it's hard not to. Um, I mean, I I used to play, play a bit of football. Well, we, used to play with some school friends. We used to we put together a five-a-side team and played in the midweek leagues at Walls End Boys Club. And at the end of one season, we had, I think we finished third or fourth, and we had um, these little trophies that you get, you know. Um, and we each got one. And there were one year they were presented by um, Beardsley, and another year they were presented by Paul Gascoigne, who was just coming through sort of the mid-80s. And, and yeah, it was very difficult not <laughs> feel starstruck on, on on those occasions but I remember a time in in the I tell you what it'll have been the close season just after we escaped uh, and I mean, I mean that in every sense from uh, Leicester away um, at the end of that season we nearly went into division three and um, we were doing our usual and this is me and Ruben the guy who used to do the um, he used to do half mag half biscuit with and we do our usual, usual thing go up the ground see how they're getting on with the the leaders end um, you know, we'd pop into the club shop, have a bit of a mooch around. I would take some photos, and lo and behold, Kevin Keegan walks over. And um, bear in mind, at the time, Ruben was—he had a, one of his feet in a pot. And so Keegan was like, "What happened there then?" And he <laughs> says, "Oh well, I was." And it was the most ridiculous thing that he—he he broke his foot dancing to one of Kelly's goals on the video in his house. Right. Which, which, let's face it, we've all done, right? But. He got unlucky and broke broke his foot. So anyway, and 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 he so he told Keegan this. He said, "Oh, David Kelly scored," and I went mad and I sort of I think I stepped on the fireplace. And 
and Keegan sort of says, aye, David Kelly's got a lot to answer for, and walked <laughs> off. And I thought, that's interesting. And I thought, oh, you know, God, what a, what, a, what an, an invitation to read between the lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> well, I don't think we've ever got the bottom of why David Kelly left, have we? Well, uh, Kelly, um, a year or so ago, I spoke to him at another talk and, you know, just had a bit crack that with him. And he basically he mm. just made it clear that uh, he wanted first team football. He got dropped, so he got sold to Leicester. At Leicester, he got dropped, got sold to Newcastle. And obviously, at Newcastle, Keegan turned around and said, look, I can't guarantee you a star, but I want you to stick around. And Kelly just, yeah. he, he said, I wanted first-team football. He went and he said, oh, uh, you're bringing in Peter Beardsley. Andy Coe's, you know, the, the hot prospect. I've got no chance. He went, I just, apparently yeah. his words were, pay us up and I'll go. So, obviously, he <laughs> probably got a few hundred quid in there and left the Wolves. Yeah, yeah. but, uh, but I, I, I actually met him um, that, that following season, I think the Coventry away game, yes. was the first, we were back in the Premier League, and I was selling the fanzines outside the away end, and he and he walked past and had a chat with him, and took, I, I've got a photograph, but it's it's a bit. Um, I'll try and I'll try and scan it and send you it, Mark, because it's a, but it's a bit dark because it, it was a it was a night match, so it was a bit dusky, and even though it was August, it was a bit of a dusky evening, so not a very good quality photo, but uh, he's a lovely guy, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I think with with a lot of the players, um, I mean, well, I've got to mention about Arthur Cox leaving as well. That was another thing that kind of passed me by at the time. And until the next season, we, you know, then everyone was talking about Jack Charlton. But I, I kind of, I don't know, I'd, I must have kind of switched, switched off from it. But, I just, you know, typical Newcastle, um, you know, not, not wanting to just stretch out a little bit, uh, you know, I think as Keegan said at the time, now is the time for the club to get into debt, um, to build on what we've done, and they, and they didn't didn't want to. And you know, wouldn't wouldn't it just be Newcastle United if we didn't kill the goose that laid the golden egg? Eh? Which is which is that that's the, the, my analogy for the cock situation. The, the the memories and the positivity from the Keegan um, that, that Keegan two year spell. I think it's it's quite yeah. rare that we do these podcasts where the majority of that period was positive. Um, so mm. on that note, Dave, I think what we could do is always revisit the the, the, the top flight divisions from um, from Jack Charlton onwards, mate. So I'm more than happy to do, do more in the future with you, mate, because I've really, really enjoyed. It. I mean, as I said before, the, the passion, your voice, and the memories coming back, um, learning little snippets of information along the way. It's, well, it's I, been fascinating for me, mate. I can't thank you enough it's for that. It's been a pleasure. You, you mentioned the Leicester game before. I, w- I will mention this to the listeners. Um, David, you used to carry a camera around a hell of a lot back in the days when people didn't, let's be honest. But you've captured some unbelievable moments. You know, for the listeners, there was a load of pictures from the we end at Leicester that day, which is basically getting used everywhere now. Um, you know, with the fans on the pitch, there's a couple of great pictures you've got. And one of my favourites, which you shared again with me in the last week or so, was that um, that one from Boot Boy Alley, or Def Alley, um, down the East End. If the... Petrol's yeah. Petrol's dear, but cheap to burn hammers. What 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 an absolutely fantastic bit of graffiti. Well, I mean that that's it's it's almost prose, isn't it? It's almost sort of it's like sort of like it, it, it's worthy of Keats almost. I think isn't it? Um, I think it challenged only by uh, the other bit of um, graffiti nearby, which I remember, which just said Seymour is shit. <laughs> so, well, what, I think I think the petrol one was a bit more eloquent, although the the, the reason behind it obviously is um, a little bit more sinister and re- refers to the petrol bomb incident, 
couple of years before. But uh, again, that was another instance where we, a little story about that, we, I, I've, tried to, I've been trying to think back to why I was even up at the ground and took a, took a picture of it. And I think it was another of these situations, um, you know, in, in the summer, nothing to do. You know, we got together a few beers, well, let's, you know, have a wander around the ground, see if they're doing any work on anything. Uh, and I, I think I just I kind of thought, oh, I'll, I'll take a picture of this just you know before somebody wipes it off, <laughs> you know. And it'd been there for it'd been there for a couple of years. But um, well, actually, I, when did I take the picture? I probably took the picture sometime in the nineties. So it'd been there over ten years. Oh, without, without, well, 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 I remember it because you you put it in the in print in the in the uh, the HME. We did, of course, yeah. Yeah, and that's how I think I think I scanned it and popped it up on uh, my Facebook page. And uh, yeah. I didn't know that you were on it, and you went, "Oh, that's uh, that's that's the picture I took." Um, and you actually yeah. said, "Any chance you can edit it to crop me your dress out?" Because because you had the uh, the mailbox address. <laughs> that was a little. Uh, I went, "Oh, hello, yeah. Dave. Uh, how are you doing? How was life?" <laughs> and and then you went, "Mark, I'll send you a proper picture if you want." You know, and it, that's end up doing the rounds. So, but great, Dave. Look, look, mate. Yeah. We, we could talk all day. It's it's been absolutely fantastic, and I'm, I'm no doubt. I know for a fact we'll be doing another one again. Uh, we will we'll catch up cool. uh, shortly. Um, I'll put it back to you because there's a lot of people want to pick uh, certain seasons. There's a lot in the 80s we haven't covered, uh, well, from this period uh, for a couple of seasons. And then, of course, you've got the, 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 the Keegan effect again, which I know you were you were heavily involved with uh, home and away and obviously with a fanzine. So for now, David, I honestly can't appreciate your time. It's been nearly nearly a full match, extra time and a penalty shootout, mate. We'll have a half talk, but uh, all good stuff. Um, so, Dave, you... Just without the drink breaks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but great stuff, David. And, and as I say, mate, it's been... Uh, yeah, been I've enjoyed it. Brilliant to catch up. And uh, you take it. You too. Absolute pleasure. Thanks, Mark. No problem. Thanks, Dave. Cheers. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.